Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. It's Tracy, and I am back with another episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups, of course, with super producer Alex. How are you? I'm doing just great, Tracy. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Uh, you know what happened this week? Where do you want me to start? Uh, start with crime. Or is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> it was probably rhetorical. <laughs> what well, happened? Oh, well, the historic thing that happened, you just piped down. <laughs> I see you're about to burst. You just pipe right down. I know. The historic thing that happened this week, of course, is the uh, the arraignment of a former president. Oh, that is true. And uh, I've been doing some analysis on uh, on Trump's body language as he was in the uh, courtroom and ca- and came out. Can we get a sneak peek of that? Sneak peek is he was doing his normal um, scowl really through the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then here's what's interesting is when he walked out, he flashed sadness. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because, like, we've never seen that from Trump. And what did you see that indicated sadness? Well, his his eyebrows went up in the in, like in the midline of the face. That's sadness. And it was real quick. It wasn't for more than a second, maybe a second and a half. And then he went right back to his scowl, his, well, his I'm trademark. Sure he's sad that he's being indicted and he's well, not the president. Well, sadness, sadness the, way, the way sadness is structured is that it, it happens around a loss. Okay. What does that mean? Well, if 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 there's a loss, like that's what brings up sadness is like a like a loss. Oh, so like you just personally lost something in the end yeah. So so out. so we so body language always tells you what's on someone's mind, doesn't tell you why. So mm-hmm. what? So you got to make a list of what potentially could be on someone's mind. What could he have lost? Well, there's time, there's money, there's reputation, there's uh, you know, his future. There's a lot of things like that. So we don't know exactly, but but he did for sure flash sadness. You know, ironically, I could take that that laundry list you just gave of possibilities mm-hmm. and counter them pretty effectively. For example, did you just lose your freedom? No. Um, did you just lose your reputation? Some might argue that this arraignment uh, actually improves. His it, could, it could help, right? With, in yeah. certain circles. Mm-hmm. Um, did he lose financially? Well, it cost him a lot of money in attorney's fees for mm-hmm. sure. But um, he also has raised, I think, since the indictment, uh, $7 million. Oh, yeah. And 25% of those donors have been new donors. Well, there's that. And also Stormy Daniels sales are going up. So uh, really, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we don't know what the loss was that he was focused on. But for, for a minute there, yeah, he had he showed, showed that sadness. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So you know who else might be sad is the uh, subject of my talk today with Brett Johnson, because we love Brett here at the show. He's our favorite felon, and mm-hmm. he comes on whenever um, whenever we need to know about a criminal. And so uh, here, here's what happened uh, this week besides the whole Trump thing is that there was an article that came out about Frank Abagnale, who was uh, catch the movie. Catch me if you can. Yeah, catch me if you can, was yeah. based on him. But here's the thing is now it's starting to come out that all of that stuff that he claims he did was all a lie. All the stuff that Frank Abagnale claimed mm-hmm, to have done. Mm-hmm. So impersonating a cop, all the checks that he said that he cashed, 
uh, or no, sorry, impersonating an airline pilot, all the checks he said he cashed, impersonating a doctor and a professor and a lawyer, all of that uh-huh. apparently never happened. And so I, uh, you know, how you want to know? did it never happen? He lied about it. That's how it never happened. So George Santos style. Yeah. With his professional volleyball career. Yeah. For the LSU Lady Tigers. Yes. Right. So, okay, backing up. <laughs> I have actually read the book, Catch Me If You Can, and mm-hmm. I've seen the movie, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Leo DiCaprio's in it. Um, I did actually make it through the movie, but it's a fascinating story. It is. You know, the FBI ended up hiring him to be well, a consultant. hang on. That may not be true either. What? And- Yes, I'm telling you, all this is coming out. And so I call, so when you know, when you need to know about someone, you call someone who knows them and who's had to deal with them. So I call Brett and um, this, this is, it's shocker. All of it, shocker. Can we please get Brett's take on George Santos? Well, we will a little bit later because Brett comes on the show whenever we need to. Um, But uh, man, Brett is just, if you, if I need to know something, I call Brett and he, he has actually his own podcast, which I recommend to everyone. Like after you're done listening to our podcast, for sure. Listen, to, it's just the Brett Johnson show. And, um, he, 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 he puts it on the line and tells it like it is the Brett Johnson show. That should be easy to Google. There's probably only one of those. Yeah, it is. And, <laughs> and like I said, he's a felon. So, so, you know, you, you sometimes you just know felon, stuff. Correct. Do what? You mean former felon, correct? Uh, well, no. I think you're once a felon, always a felon. But conv- no, it's not like a, being an addict. I think if you're convicted of a felon, then you're an ex-con, uh, meaning oh. you've been to prison Maybe. or you've done whatever, and you're done with that. It uh, doesn't mean you're always a felon. I don't. Well, I guess in the legal system, Maybe. you would be. Well, here's the thing. Gun, so, example. so Frank Abagnale, that whole story inspired Brett to know that he could actually go to the good side and do some good for people. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Frank Abagnale hasn't done good for people. It's that he's come about his information in a different way than what he puts out there. Hmm. Okay. So, is he going to give us the full rundown on on Abagnale and that this is the whole thing? Uh, how we discovered it. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, all right, let's get in there. I know, we can't can't wait a minute longer on this. Let's talk to Brett. So you got banned from YouTube. I did. I'm back on YouTube now, but I got banned. And the reason I got banned, I I did an episode on um, prostitution, how modern day prostitution is working. And what I was talking about are these sugar daddy dating sites. I don't know if you've heard of these things or not. uh, No. Well, what's going on is is you've got these quote unquote dating sites, and what they say is is they 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 target young college age girls, basically sure. girls eighteen through you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Now you've got some older women on there as well, but they tell them that hey, you know these these older men they will take care of you, they will pay you money to just associate with them. Mm-hmm. All right. And the truth of the matter is, is they will pay you money to have sex with them. Sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, that's that's really the way that uh, a lot of modern day prostitution is working. And and not only that, but there's an entire network of forums and communication channels that talk about these sugar daddy dating sites in terms of prostitution. So I was huh. I did a whole show on that. And uh, Brett, in his infinite wisdom, I did. I did not edit the snapshots of the uh, the websites that I was oh. referencing. 
So I got banned and I, I moved over to uh, Spotify, iTunes. I'm on, uh-huh. I'm all over the place right now. I'm, I'm back on YouTube as well. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, it's I'm on episode 53 of the Brett Johnson show. And and my thing is, is, you know, I, I talk about cybercrime and security and fraud and all that. But I also yeah. talk about, you know, trying to become a better person. So that that's that's my main thing, you know, is, mm-hmm. is uh, overcoming that uh that life of crime and everything. So, well, yeah. okay. So uh, we have, we have more things in common than, than we used to have. Brett. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what all we got in common right now? Well, I got banned from TikTok. What did you do to get banned from TikTok? <laughs> I did little body language analysis on Harry and Megan. And uh, I, I, I despise that crew. And really it went viral. Nice. <laughs> then I was banned. So um, I think I think they have someone on the inside at TikTok and they might they mm-hmm. might you know, yeah. they very well might. I mean, I I, I despise Harry and Megan. I don't know. I, I didn't I'm not, I'm not aware of your video or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, I think that they're opportunist. Well, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, I, I think that South Park nailed it. That's what I think. I need to see that one. I haven't seen it yet. It's like, I don't know if South Park got banned from TikTok, probably. Maybe. So, <laughs> anyway, Maybe. not that they would care. Well, I know, I know, totally. Well, I I figure it's a little bit of a badge of honor. So there you go. Um, there you anyway. go. And and you know the weird thing with TikTok with me is you know for months uh-huh. I've been complaining about tech, TikTok about the data that they capture, what they're uh-huh. doing with the data, what they can do with the data. And over the past couple of weeks, I've 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 been kind of changing that argument mm-hmm. argument a little bit. I I watched the entire testimony yesterday oh, of you did? Show Chu, the entire uh-huh. five and a half hours watched that and wow. I, I walked away I have a uh, I have a, a lot of respect for the CEO. He put up with a with a lot of questions where they didn't want to know any answers. Well, and, uh, yeah, that's how Congress works usually. <laughs> it is. It is. And you know, my my thing is, you know, that we're talking about the conversation has moved strictly to TikTok capturing mm-hmm. data. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that it's not just TikTok. It's well, Facebook YouTube, it. it's yeah. Facebook, it's Twitter, it's every social media platform that's out there. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, the, the conversation is how the Chinese government is using that to target Americans. Well, guess what? We give our data, U.S. platforms gives the data over to U.S. government agencies as well. So, I mean, I understand that it's a foreign adversary and I, mm-hmm. I, I'm absolutely against that. But, you know, the data usage... Well, I think we need we need those regulations hitting all social media platforms. Well, I think so. I think they're spinning a story because it's China. And it's not that they're spinning it, but it seems more grave because it's China. But it's the same thing here. So. It is. And, yeah. you know, the thing is, is that, you know, Facebook, YouTube, um, all these other platforms, they simply cannot compete mm-hmm. with what TikTok's doing. They, mm-hmm. they, they want to know they can't they can't reinvent that algorithm. They don't know how that algorithm is working properly. So they can't really compete in that era. So mm-hmm. what they're doing is, is they're relying on government to say, hey, just go away. And huh. I, I'm not for that at all. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. OK. OK. So here is why I wanted to talk to you. And all right. None because, of that other stuff just is coming other, up. Well, well, I knew you'd have more information <laughs> than what I wanted. The, the initial because well now because we didn't do our intro. Now, Brett, you are a friend of the show, been been on the show several times and, and you are, I got to say, our favorite criminal. And so um, like high five for that. And I wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now, now we're kidding around about it, but you have had a little bit of a checkered past and uh, you can find a out. Little. If, 
Yeah. And now if, if you want to find out about Brett, um, episode 13 and 14, which is way back in the day. Right. And and you can find out all about Brett. But the thing that I like about you is that you've made a concerted effort. And I know it's been difficult to to turn over to the good side. Right. And so when uh, now a couple what a week ago two weeks ago i saw this information come out about frank abagnale and sure. frank abagnale is is the guy who that movie catch me if you can is based on where leonardo dicaprio played him and as soon as i saw that article because someone sent it to me i was like i gotta find someone to talk to about this <laughs> now i i know the author of the article abby ellen who right. is great but she's i i wanted to talk to someone a little bit closer to the to the scene of what's happened because <laughs> because um frank has been accused it more so recently but i think for a long time about never having done the criminal pursuits that he actually claims that he did and that the movie was based on and sure. so when because someone sent me your podcast who didn't know that we know each other and i was like oh I'm going to talk to Brett. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brett's so Brett, got a viewpoint on it. Let me talk I, to him. <laughs> I know. If if nothing else, you've got a viewpoint. But let's let's talk about this a little bit. Because Frank, okay. and in the movie, he it's all about uh, cashing bad checks and understanding the ins and outs of bad checks. But also, you know, social engineering, uh, identity theft. It, like, he, he claims he did a ton of jobs. I got a list of them here. Pilot, doctor, lawyer, professor. Uh, he also claims he's been let out of jail and is a consultant for law enforcement. I don't know if it's the FBI or someone. Right. Anyway, FBI. yeah. FBI. So anyway, you've had a couple run-ins with this guy, haven't you? Like, you want well, to talk know, about that? So, <laughs> sure. Let's just get it out there. So, so when I was arrested, I was arrested February February eighth of two thousand five. So, you know, the Catch Me If You Can movie, it it was not new. But it was still in people's memories. It was certainly in, you know, cyber criminals' memories. You know, mm -hmm. it was fraudsters. So I was arrested in, in February of 2005. And since that point in time, I'd always held on to that Frank Abagnale story, that catch me if you can story that, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I can follow in his path and do what he's doing, you know, yeah. speaking to consulting, make a legal life. I am not the only person who believes that, mm -hmm. all right? I'm not. There's a lot of cyber criminals and fraudsters who get arrested and think that, okay, once I'm out of prison, I can become a consultant. I can become a speaker. Yeah. Well, it's not that easy. I'm Nobody imagine. trusts you because you're the guy who steals everything, mm -hmm. all right? And, and Frank Abagnale was really the first person that, that was able to do that or put that story out there like that, all right? So mm -hmm. I, in my podcast, which came out last week, episode 53 of the Brett Johnson Show, I talk about this. And I want to give the guy credit, you know, because... Without his story, that that while the story may be false, mm -hmm. it's still the story. Right. And it's it's a very inspirational story. Mm -hmm. It truly is. It's a fantastic story. And I took a, a lot of uh, guidance from that. All right. I, mm -hmm. I really did. Now, once I became this good guy and it took it took a few years for me to build up that trust where companies would hire me. Now, right. I'm fairly well trusted these days. But it took up a few years before companies would hire me. And over time, I got involved with AARP. Mm -hmm. AARP, at one point, they worked with, I won't say they hired because there's a difference, but oh, I'll, say they, okay. I'll say they worked with Frank mm -hmm. Abagnale. Now, I have not, even on my show on 53, I didn't really discuss the specifics of that. But what really happened is, is Frank Abagnale approached AARP. Mm -hmm. He said, hey, I'll do a book for you guys. You guys can have the book. 
I don't want any money from the book. I don't want anything else from the book. We'll just do a book. Oh, wow. Sounds pretty good, right? And the book's mm -hmm. title is called Scam Me If You Can. All right. Okay. And here's the thing. The book sucks. All right. Oh. Frank didn't. And and most people, you know, even I on my story right now, we're looking for a ghostwriter to help me with a book. Mm -hmm. uh, Frank, he didn't do anything with the book whatsoever. He just put his name on it and it was done. And that's not uncommon. So I don't want to take that away. Mm -hmm. Now, what people don't realize is, is that while Frank told them that, hey, yeah, I'll give you guys the book for free. Mm -hmm. Frank was charging them $20,000 a day, mm -hmm. a day while he was part of the AARP group. Uh, to do what? Just to, you know, be part of AARP, to go around and talk to different people, to uh, appear on the podcast. So, you know, he was co-host on a podcast over there for a while. Oh. Not only that, but while Frank's doing this, he did. Historically, Frank has never taken any questions on his speaking sessions. Mm -hmm. There were a few times that he took some questions of the audience members of those senior citizens. And, mm -hmm. and from what I have come to understand, talking to insiders who were there, mm -hmm. the answers that he would give were typically not very good answers. They were they were one word answers and mm -hmm. they did not elaborate on on explanations of why he believed that or anything else. So AARP, uh, because of that and a few other things, AARP really thought that, you know, Frank did not, you know, he was given a bad impression. Got so, it. He wasn't delivering. So they got rid of his ass. Mm -hmm. Now I come in and hey, I'm an ambassador for AARP. Groovy, love the group, everything else. I don't charge them anything at all like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I, I might, I yeah, I might, but I don't. Right. Um, and I, I've worked with AARP, I think three or four years, something like that. This year I'm not because we've got the recession, the economy's going all to hell. Now, as I'm working for AARP, I had an opportunity to do the podcast that AA that Frank Abinell was part of, and I was mm -hmm. supposed to meet him that day. So I, I go into Washington, D.C., where they where they record the podcast at the, uh, at the headquarters there, walk in, and Frank Abagnale has called in sick that mm. day. Uh -huh. he, uh, he is not going to meet. All right. Now, I recorded my session from there. If you listen to that podcast where that I recorded, mm -hmm. they actually edit Frank in at that point. Oh, really? They do. They really do, which is I, I thought well, that was a little odd. All uh -huh. right. But the thing is, is I didn't think much about. Frank not showing up mm -hmm. until I start hearing about Alan Logan's book. Mm -hmm. All right. The, uh, the greatest hoax, I think is the name of it. It is. And that is also referenced in Abby's uh, right. article, which everybody should read. It's in the New York post. Right mm -hmm. now um, with, with, with what happened there is, you know, I read the book, people were coming to me talking about it, you know, nothing that uh, Frank ever claimed mm -hmm. was was real. So I'm kind of taken aback. And I, back in the day, I recorded a podcast about that and, and mm -hmm. talked about it. And I was shocked. And, you know, I, I didn't really hammer the guy that much, just more shocked than anything. And I kind of mm -hmm. forgot about it mm -hmm. um, until about two weeks ago. And Abby for mm -hmm. the New York Post, she puts out a story on Frank again. Yeah. And at that point, because some of the stuff that I had been experiencing, uh, I'm in the cybersecurity industry, and because of some of the stuff I had been experiencing in the cybersecurity industry, I had uh, been invited to uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia last mm -hmm. year. Uh, me and another former criminal got, um, got on stage, gave my presentation, and then heard his presentation. And it was it was obvious at that point in time that the dude was not really truthful about much of anything. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and and because of that, 
I had already kind of, I was having difficulties with my show because I was having some family issues with my dad, things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, we had had a tree hit the house and we'd had to move into a hotel for six months. I oh, all boy. kinds of issues. Uh -huh. But I, I, one of the big other issues was this, this encounter mm -hmm. with this guy who was claiming to be a criminal. Mm -hmm. And it got me so bad that I just, you know, I, I've got apathy toward the cyber industry right now anyway, mm -hmm. but that really just ramped it up at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking about, you know, do I, do I call this out? Do I do a show on this? What do I need to do about this? Mm -hmm. Until finally I read Abby's story mm -hmm. about Frank and she's got a line. She, she talks to this guy. I forgot what his full name is, but it's Keith something okay. in the story. And he had seen Frank Abagnale. When Abagnale was, I guess, first getting started, Abagnale had given a, a, a presentation to a group of high schoolers. Yeah, the, check fraud. Yeah, the, right? the two law enforcement guys went. Right, and two were, law enforcement felt guys not good about it. Right, and this Keith guy, he he says that he felt really bad about it because everything that Frank said was not correct. Mm -hmm. All right, so he was talking about the technical details of check fraud, and then, but everything he was talking about was wrong. Mm -hmm. And that really resonated with me because, you know, I, we've got other people in the cyber industry. Some of them actually know what they're talking about who are former criminals. Mm -hmm. Some of them are claiming to know what they talk about and saying that they're former criminals and maybe not so much. Mm -hmm. So, so Abby Ellen's story really got me where I was like, you know, you got to call this bullshit out. And, mm. and this story was the uh, was the avenue that I could use to do that. I could talk about Frank, uh, my experiences with that, how I think he he actually did some good. He absolutely mm. did. Oh, yeah. But, but also the lies that were told and then use that to transition over to the cyber industry as well and talk about some of the problems with not being truthful or not verifying things in the cyber industry. And that, that's what episode 53 of the Brett Johnson shows about it. Right. It Which like everybody should listen to. <laughs> everybody should listen to that show. Cause it goes, it's, it's very, it's very good. Now yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I just had a question. Cause here, here's the burning question in my mind. Okay. Like, so, so me and you, like we, we used to run around with our separate groups. Like you ran around right. with criminals. I ran around with a bunch of athletes. Okay. Okay. So uh, from my background, because I used to be a professional um, bike racer now. Okay. And then when, when we meet up today, like even yesterday, it happened, it happened to me. Like, like you get in a conversation and you can tell that it's kind of like you have a little like brotherhood, sisterhood thing. Like, like right. you kind of know each other's past, even if, even if you didn't know them before, like you can say a couple things and you're like, yep, they're the real deal. Right. And, and then you're kind of like friends. Right. Right. So. And then you meet the people who, you know, who they just don't have a clue and like they think they have a clue or maybe they're mistaken that, that they, that they did what they did, but it kind of like hits you. Right. It, right. And, and it's a little bit of what you're talking about. Like, do you have that brotherhood with, with the people from your past? Like when you bump you into do. them? I mean, mm -hmm. you absolutely do. Yeah. It's, and, and I talk about that to a degree in, in the last episode that mm -hmm. I did. The thing is, is that. Being in that cybercrime environment, mm -hmm. especially back then, back then you had to understand every single dynamic of the crimes that you were committing. You had to understand the security system. You had to understand yeah. the criminal tools you were using. You had to understand mm -hmm. how to remain anonymous, how to run drop addresses, how to launder money, everything else. These days, it's a little bit different. You don't have to understand anything. The sophistication's in the platform, not in the criminal. Oh, wow. But because, uh -huh. because of that, that expertise and history, 
you know immediately if someone knows what the hell they're talking about. Uh-huh. You now, what, that, right? what would be the question that you would ask them? I don't think you even have to ask a question. You just watch them what watch about what they say. Now, like I talk a lot about you know the dynamics of cybercrime, mm-hmm. about how these environments work, about trust mechanisms, things like that. Like that, and these days that's that's co opted a lot. You, I mm-hmm. see a lot of people that that really kind of talk about the exact same thing, not in the mm-hmm. same words, but you can tell where they're getting a lot of that that inspiration from. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, is that when I talk about that, mm-hmm. I talk about I tend to talk about it in presentations on a more superficial level, sure. but I'll go more in depth, and I can go in depth. Mm-hmm. What you see with with these people who are claiming to be criminals and are not, or they they've done some crime, mm-hmm. but they don't really understand a lot. They're not experts at it. Mm-hmm. What you see is is they'll they'll hit that superficial level. Mm-hmm. All right, and they they'll can't talk go any about further, it, and they can't go any further at mm-hmm. all, at all. And, and instead, what will happen is, is they'll they'll pivot to other things. They'll brag about how much money they're making. Mm-hmm. They'll do stuff like this. They'll pivot mm-hmm. to anything else except going in depth into what we're actually wanting to get information about. Right. In, in the hopes of derailing the argument, of uh, distracting the audience, sure. things like that is, is what happens. Um, a, an experienced criminal doesn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. An experienced criminal will sit there with you all day long and, hey, we'll brainstorm, we'll do Q&A, we'll do whatever you want to. And guess what? If we don't know the answer to something, we're not going to make up a bunch of crap. We're mm-hmm. going to tell you, hey, I don't know the answer to that because we're confident in our own skills. Mm-hmm. All right. You don't see that with a lot of these fake criminals. These fake criminals, they're not going to do Q&A. They're not going to brainstorm with you. They're mm-hmm. going to keep it superficial, and it's going to stay kind of that at that level. They're going to run for the door as soon as they possibly can. And I, in my show, I gave a list of people that I trust. Yeah, weirdly enough, cri- former criminals that I trust uh-huh. that you could talk to these people. And it's not just me that's able to do this. You've got the more skilled players that can do this with you. Uh, the problem is, is that you know, in cybersecurity, how do you know? If the person knows what they're talking about or not, if you have no frame of reference in that area. Well, totally. Right. So it's it's like you with biking. You know, if I'm talking, mm-hmm. if I'm talking to somebody who's never biked before, yeah, mm-hmm. I can throw out a bunch of crap and they might believe it. Sure. But if I'm talking to you about biking and trying to convince you that I've done that, you're going to be like, mm, something's mm-hmm. not right there. Right. Mm. It's the same thing with criminal activity. Unless you mm-hmm. know what's what the person is talking about and saying, you have some frame of reference. You typically don't know. And that's how a lot of these people are gaining access to these environments. Mm-hmm. They're, they're depending on people not knowing. Now, Frank Abagnale, for example, this Keith talks about, you know, when he was talking to that high school group, he didn't know what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. But we know if you look at Frank's history, we know, hell, the guy's got a crap load of patents mm-hmm. about check security. So what mm-hmm. happened from that from that instance where this Keith sees that Frank has no clue what he's talking about mm-hmm. to finally where Frank knows enough to do patents with check security. Yeah. And I would argue cuz a lot of people don't really understand this is just because you know you're hired as a criminal your knowledge doesn't end with your arrest and your conversion over to the good guy side. You're now a, a security consultant. Right. You work with companies, you talk with people all the time. So your knowledge base 
continues to build at that point in time. So mm. what I'm saying is, is that somebody like Frank, for example, who really didn't, you know, small mid-tier criminal, mm-hmm. didn't really know what he was talking about. But over time, yeah, he knew exactly what he was talking about. And he did some good at that point. Nowadays, he he doesn't really understand a lot of cybersecurity and things mm-hmm. like that. And he just kind of, you know, he goes by talking points more than anything. But that's what happens with, with a lot of people on the cybersecurity side, too. You know, you've got a former criminal who may have committed some sort of fraud, shoplifting, what have you. And then starts claiming all this other stuff. Well, he's on the good guy side now. Mm-hmm. He's working as a security consultant. He's talking to people every day. And it becomes like this osmosis. You're going to sponge up a lot of information and data and regurgitate that. And that's right. what happens. But it's not based on, you know, you're hiring people like me based on the criminal insight and that criminal understanding of things. And you're not getting that when you hire these people. You're getting the security consultant understanding. So mm-hmm. why would you do that to begin with? Well, yeah, it's totally different, right? Once you've been on the other side to understand right. it's and it's not I would I would bet it's not so much about the tools, but it's about the mindset. Because anybody can it's find all the about tools. the mindset. It's right. about the mindset and how you're gonna use it and how you're gonna jigger it around right. to to figure out what you need to figure out, right? And stay Absolutely. two, three steps ahead of law enforcement or companies or whatever. And a and a consultant's not might get one step ahead. But that's it. I mean, that's, you know, we've got we've got a, an entire conference mm-hmm. of security consultants who go in and try to think like criminals. And it's called Black Hat. And yeah, everything Black Hat, that come, yeah. yeah, everything comes out of Black Hat. Do you ever see any crimes of any of the info that's coming out of Black Hat? No. You see stuff like RFID wallets uh-huh. coming out and right. completely useless stuff. And that's a lot of the difference right there. Just because a criminal can do something mm-hmm. doesn't mean that a criminal will do that thing. And right. that's that's something that security consultants don't really understand. That's why you need to understand that criminal mindset, the motivations, everything else across the board. Mm-hmm. Wow. OK, so um, here's what we're going to do, because people need to <laughs> um, they need to follow you. They need to hire you and they need to Sweet. learn how to think like a criminal. So uh, first thing everyone's going to do listening, got to subscribe to the Brett Johnson show. I gotta appreciate that. And it's and not only do you have a voice for radio, right? But um, a face for it too. Well, I don't know. You get you look you look all right. You got a baseball hat on. Things look good today. Um, you got a baseball hat. It's hiding half of the head. You're all right. You're okay. Right. Uh, so, but but further than that, um, when people need a keynote speaker or consultant for like to stay that two or three steps ahead. Got to hire Brett. And so, Brett, uh, website or uh, you're on LinkedIn a lot. Uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Look, yeah, you can you can round me up on LinkedIn. Um, here's the thing. If you're an individual law enforcement university and you're you're just looking for some information, especially if you're uh, an, an individual, mm-hmm. I don't charge individuals. I don't charge law enforcement. Don't charge universities. Hey, just contact me. I'm If you pay for my travel, glad to come in, mm-hmm. talk for you, everything else. Now, if you're a company and you're making money, I like to make money too. Right. (laughs) So that being said, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look for Brett Johnson. You can find me on YouTube, the Brett Johnson show. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes as well. I've got my own website, www.anglerfish, A-N-G-L-E-R-P as in Paul, H-I-S-H.com, www.anglerfish.com. You can find me there, email me, contact me, book me for presentations. Whatever. I I love to talk, as Tracy will tell you. <laughs> you do. You sit there on your podcast and talk to yourself for an hour. I know. Time. <laughs> I know. I don't want to talk to anybody else. I want to talk to me and I'll answer me sometimes. <laughs> won't you, Brett? Yes, you will. 
Oh, it's all good. Brett, thank you so much for coming on Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups and giving us the lowdown, because that's what we do, is uncover the lowdown. And um, I know we'll be talking to you soon. Tracy, you're outstanding. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.